0: welcome back to let's think with shepherd the voluntarist that's me let's chat some more about logic and we you know we were just talking about the scientific method and how the scientific method itself is great Uh, sometimes people distort it and manipulate it and therefore uh, not everything that is reported as science is in fact true But let's talk a little bit more about the scientific method itself. Science is really neat, and there are a lot of things that can be pretty conclusively proven, or at least good evidence provided uh, to to help you form an opinion about things around us. And and I'm kind of hemming and hawing here because this is something that I struggle with. Maybe you have too. Is what do you believe? Who are the experts? Who do you believe? You know, you hear these crazy conspiracy theories and you think, well, that's just wacko stuff. And then you hear another one that, you know, you hear that there was some political person in the UK and some political person in the US and that they talked together and they decided how they were going to defeat some other enemy. And, well, that's just kind of history. And so that conspiracy, yeah, in fact, a couple people got together and talked about something happening. But then, but then how do you believe stuff? Uh, how, how do you know that you do believe that, but you don't believe what the other people are saying about how Hillary is really a lizard person? Uh, how, how do you sift and sort through it? And I don't know, uh, but what I kind of require, what, what my... Uh, measurement stick is, 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 does it make sense to me? And I know that sounds really rustic. I don't know. Maybe you have a better system uh, for deciding what's true or what's not true. Um, I know that some people use the system of, well, if the government says it and the news says it, then it must be true. Um, I hope you're not one of those. Uh, well, you wouldn't be. You wouldn't still be listening to this. Uh, what What is your standard? I, I don't know. My My standard is just... You know, you got to give me enough evidence and enough you just got to persuade me. And it and it's kind of a a flowy type of thing. And I, and I know when we're speaking about science that doesn't sound like the the best method, but maybe it does come down what to the what the US government's Supreme Court uh, once said about the definition of pornography uh was they said, "Well, we don't, you know, I can't really give you a definition of what it is, but if I see it, I can tell you whether or not it is." Uh, maybe that's kind of how I feel about a lot of the, the science stuff, but here, here's how the scientific method is supposed to work. Uh, you're supposed to see something and you're supposed to say, um, Hey, you know, I, I noticed that this, uh, uh, person is, is doing such and such a thing and their result is such and such a thing. And so then you measure that and, and you have it be repeatable. You measure it a bunch of times and then you can kind of Form a conclusion that if this, then probably that. And and that there can be hard science. Uh, There can be things like watching plants grow. And and you watch a certain type of bamboo, and you get out your little measuring tape every single day and measure it and see how tall it gets. And if you do that for thousands of plants, then you can come up with a pretty good uh, conclusion. Or you can probably convince me that this type of bamboo in this temperature generally grows at about an inch per day or, or whatever it is. And, and okay, that, that makes sense to me. Uh, but you have to have this this science that you have to have this method for uh, coming up with your conclusions. And this is something that a lot of uh, a lot of people, I hope not you, uh, I, I hope I don't fall for it too much, but a lot of people just kind of trust, Whoever is in this alleged authority, uh, position of authority, that, well, if they're saying it, it must be true. Uh, and I'm suggesting maybe that isn't the truth. So if, if, if you've been to a restaurant in the last six, seven, eight months, whatever it's been since the, uh, uh, the chronophobia has been going on, you, you've— probably experienced you walk in and you're supposed to wear a a face diaper as you walk in and you're supposed to wear it until you sit down at your table and then you can take it off and just go on about life as normal but if you're going to get up and go to the bathroom then you put your face diaper back on and wear it until you get to the bathroom wear it when you come back and when you sit down you can take it off again. Well if there are such Strict rules that as ridiculous as it sounds on the on the surface, well, there must be some good science behind it, right? Well, there isn't, but let's assume that that somebody did want to be intellectually honest and wanted to see, Hey, is this a good idea? So how would they develop a study? How would they make it be a a smart idea, a smart concept? Well, h- how you would do it is you would say. Uh, you, you would start measuring things like how many steps a person takes between the front door and when they sit down. You would measure how tall the average uh, or how high the average mouth and nose are off of the ground. You would measure things like how many uh milligrams or, or however it's measured of of spittle and aerosol sprays come out of a person's mouth when they're walking, when they're standing still, et cetera, et cetera. You would measure uh, if that happens more when a person is uh, engaging in light exercise, like walking from a door to a table, or if it happens more when they are speaking, like if they are sitting down or if it happens when they're eating. And, and you would get all of these measurements— and then you would you would develop a study and you would say, OK, we're going to have a room and we're going to have people come in and uh, we're going to have a thousand people come in and they are going to behave a certain way. And we're going to measure uh, how many milligrams of aerosol, blah, 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 comes out of their mouth and lands on this little scientific Q-tippy, whatever. Like, I don't know how it's all done, but th- this is just the system. This is what I'm explaining, the system, how, how how a good scientist would go about it. They know all the all the measurement tools and such. So you would do that, and, and then you would say, okay, well, let's try it a different way. And then you would have as many of the variables. You'd have control them as much as possible. And you you might do a blind study or a double-blind, or you'd have a control group. And and there are all these rules to the scientific method. And then after you did all of that, then you would come up with a study and say, okay, um, w- without a mask, uh, there's an average of, of one virus transmission per 10,000 feet walked. And with a mask, there's only one virus transmission per 100,000 feet walked. And, and the average visitor walks 200 feet and therefore blah, blah, blah. And then you would come up with an actual piece of scientific evidence that smart people would say, oh, okay, well, that makes sense. Or thank you for that information. I can base my interests, my probabilities, my risk preferences off of that. And uh, I I can make decisions as I go forward. And One of the reasons that good studies are not done, I mean, there's been plenty of time to do a study like this. You know, if you're in a hurry, gosh, you know, I call them little swabby thingies. But if you gave me enough money, I could get a study done in a month. And I don't even know the proper name for swabby thingies. Uh, But I could educate myself and hire the right people, the doctors and the lab folks and the the other scientists that would make up for all my deficiencies. We get a study done in a month. Well, there's been plenty of time to do these studies. The reason that you don't see any studies is because there isn't really a good answer for this. And so when you see somebody trying to convince you of something, and they are refusing to provide scientific evidence, and it's something important, it's something that they should definitely be getting some science behind it, if they're refusing to do so, eh, you might be getting scammed. Probably worth checking into and seeing if maybe there's a little something uh, going on. Now, if that if if and I'm just using this uh, this mask this face diaper example because that's a uh, something that's going on right now in in late 2020. But think about it for all the different things in life that uh, somebody wants to force upon you or wants you to buy. And when I say buy, I mean it both in the uh, you exchanging money for it or you're going to agree to this thing and really look at the motives behind what they say and then use that filter as you look at the scientific evidence and say, hey, does this make sense or doesn't it? Now, we're going to move on now to a uh, another phrase that is frequently used uh, when people are trying to hide the truth and get you to uh, fall for something. And, and this is something that I've run across uh, because I am interested in this huge movement, probably one of the the top four or five biggest things in the world that's that's influencing humanity this this decade, and that is the sustainability movement. And if you look at the um, United Nations, what they call this this program for sustainability. They've given it their their code name, or I guess it's just their filing system. They've called it Agenda 21. So if you go into, uh, and as a matter of fact, do this next time you're on the, the YouTube. Go into YouTube and type in Agenda 21. And then what you're going to notice is something will automatically pop up. Uh, the thought police are there to save you from uh, doing your own investigations. And the thought police are going to pop up with a little uh, paragraph that basically says uh, UN Agenda 21 is a non-binding agreement, blah, 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 blah. What is a non-binding agreement? Well, all that non-binding means is that something is not enforceable by law. So let's say, for example, and because this is a pretty good example, because we did this for years, my next-door neighbor, Trey, he would... Uh, he would snow blow uh, the driveway. He'd use my snow blower, uh, or sometimes he'd use his, but a lot of times use mine. And then in the summers, uh, he would use my lawnmower anytime he wanted. He had a key for it. He'd just come over and jump on it. Was a nice zero turn, and he'd mow his lawn and sometimes mine too. Sometimes I'd mow his, but we just kind of had this real general agreement, and we both stuck with it. And we both thought we were getting a good deal. Well, that wasn't enforceable by law, but it was certainly a good agreement. Or how about this one? This is not as good of a one, is it? This is kind of a bad one. Think about a husband telling his wife that he agrees not to beat her if she has dinner on the table at 5 p.m. every evening and she doesn't look ugly. Well, that would be a non-binding agreement. There's no legal penalty uh, if she doesn't follow that. So this non-binding thing is just nonsense. It's a a nonsense word. We should just get rid of that word. We should call this term non-binding agreement. We should call it an agreement. This non-binding thing is just trying to fool us and pull the wool over our eyes. Let's come back after the break and uh, talk a bit more about some phrases and some manipulations that people are trying to pull over on us. Let's think!